0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, y'all all right? (sighs) All right, all right, all right. All right, if you have your Bibles, come with me to the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter number three. When you have it, say, man, we're going to start at verse number one. All right, the Gospel of John, chapter number three, starting at verse number one. Are you there? Okay, I got about a couple of amens. we got it on the screen, so. Alright, and the word of the Lord reads. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit you may be seated in the presence of the living God and the title of the text that we will be trying to work with on today is are you safe or are you out Now, uh, we understand that the series that we are working with, we're talking about perspective. So we understand that it's a matter of perspective according to the individual, right? Now, I'm going to tell you how I got this title. Got this title because as we did a church fellowship event yesterday, um, some of us who dared to get out on the field played some kickball. I was one of those daring individuals. I got out there and played kickball. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there. I am going to pepper a little exaggeration in here. But for the most part, it is going to be pretty much accurate. Now, we're going to see how sensitive you are in the realm of the spirit to pick up where the exaggeration has come in. Right. But uh, before I got to the event, I was praying about, you know, today's the message. God, what would you have me speak about and all these different things? And I knew we were supposed to play kickball and all these different things. Now, you got to understand, I was not I was not in the mindset to go out there and play kickball. I was like, no, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to participate by eating this food. You know, (laughs) so my mind was already made up that my participation is going to be eat this food and and fellowship. And that's it. And then go home. Right. Uh, but but as but soon as I get out there, I'm already challenged by one of the younger teenagers. Pass the can. I, I, I guarantee you. I can beat you. Now, you know, we went to Reedy Creek Park. They got this new little, I don't even know what you call it. Uh, there you go. Help me out. Obstacle course, right? And in them doing the, mmm, felt that. All in my thighs. <laughs> Whew, Jesus, felt that all in my thighs. Okay. So, you know, I done loaded up on some Tylenol and some stuff. My legs are a little sore because I'm, you know, when I was about 19, you can get out here and play basketball and all these things without stretching. And, you know, yesterday, like I said, my only participation in my mind was I'm going to eat and then I'm going to go home. But, you know, I could not let this teenager challenge me. I said I would never, never, I don't care when I'm 92, you would never beat me. Right. <laughs> so they got the 40 yard dash. Right. And they got like the little clock that times you. And so, you know, they talking big noise to me. So I talk big noise back. I said, I spot you five and come catch you. I will reel you in like like we catching fish. Right. So, you know, I'm talking big. So, you know, would when let them start on the five yard line. Right. So they going to get they going to get on the line with me. So, you know, I'm already talking. I say, if you do not come off this line before me, don't even start. Right. So, you know, you're trying to intimidate them by talk. So long story short, I already knew I'm going to still give you five, just not the way you wanted it. Right. So I'm going to let you start before me. Then I'm going to come get you. Right. Now, think about it is the thing is made of turf. The whole thing is made of turf. Y'all know I just turned the new 20. Right. (laughs) I just turned the new 20. So. I'm trying to give you an understanding, right? So my age group, we're not accustomed to running on turf. We're accustomed to running on pavement. So you're accustomed to added this, right? And so running on this turf was very unfamiliar to me. So in mid-stride, we about halfway down, you know, I feel like I pull both of my hamstrings at the same time. I'm like, oh. Oh, right. So, you know, but I I keep on running, right? Because I'm like, I got to catch her. It's a female out there. I got to catch her. Right? And now, now they tell me she won. (laughs) But I don't believe it. They said, well, no, look at her time. I'm saying, well, when we crossed the finish line, my body was before hers. But my foot did not touch down before hers. I was like, no, listen, my body passed the line before you. I came and got you. I don't care nothing about that time, right? I'm the old school, right? So I won. According to me. No, this is what let you know we're in, we in the series. It's a matter of perspective. Me against you. Your word against mine. My word against this clock. It's a matter of perspective. So according to me, I won. So you will not beat me. So, okay. Everybody like, no, she won, she won. Okay, so you know me, I went and sit down. They got a little bench. Why do they do this? They put a bench right behind the starting line. So you know me, I figure I'm gonna just make everybody think I'm trying to recuperate. And when she got up the race again, out the blue, I just, ah! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you couldn't beat me, I told you, right? So long story short, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. So then, when you get to kickball. It's a bunch of little kids about, about, about chase size, meaning they children about this big. And so I'm out there for more support. All of a sudden, y'all know how Nate goes. Nate like, raise your hand if you want to play kickball. And so Nate, he puts his wife on one team, and he was like, well, we got to make this balance. We got to have another adult on the other team, right? So he said, well, you, Pastor you get on that team. It's like, nah, man. <laughs> but then my pride, the pride that I was dealing with was like, I started telling myself, well, you took the pain medicine, so you should be good, right? You should be good. You should be good, right? So I'm playing. And, you know, they, them, they got a bunch of the little kids. You know, it's friendly at first. I'm just rolling. Ah, just rolling, just... Uh, and then I underestimated some of the little kids. Some of the little kids that actually got a little authority in their leg, and they kind of kicking past me. I'm like, okay, well, y'all playing for real, right? So I thought this was supposed to be friendly. Y'all playing for real. So you know me. My mindset is I'm not about to let you beat me. So the five-year-old come. I roll the ball. It's not a slow roll. It's quite a speedy-type roll. Right, And to my surprise, the young five-year-old kicked the ball. You know me. It was a pop-up. You out. Get out of here. Get out of here. And so you know some of the adults looking at me like, that's a child. I don't care. I say because, listen, we, we setting them up for life. Life is not going to be kind to them. I'm teaching them a lesson right now. Oh, yes. yo, oh, yeah. So again, to show them that we all in the message, Nate was like, well, no, man of God, come on, it's a little child. I say, "Uh, it's a matter of perspective. (laughs) So we already in tomorrow's message, Nate, it's a matter of perspective. So, you know, Nate Nate didn't take too kindly to that. I said, Nate, this is how serious I am. You got my baby girl, my baby, my last baby on your team. The fact that she did not want to be on my team, she's public enemy number one. Oh, yeah. When I roll her the ball, I'm going to roll her the ball quickly, too. She get it. She get a nice little kick. I guess she thinking daddy was going to show her favor. No, I quickly ran Uh, and ran to first base. Uh, You out. Get out of here. Out of here. Don't cry. You out. Right? Or the back of the line, you out. Right? So I was having no mercy on nobody. Right? So Nate came with this same mindset. (laughs) Mother, no. Mother was like, Mother, like she's shaking her head now. Mother was shaking her head like, I can't believe you. Yes, I'm doing it. Mother, they out. They out. They out. Right? They out. So it was a matter of perspective. Now, I'm going somewhere. This is part of the message, right? Because this is how God gave me the title of the message. Dealing with the kickball. Are you safe or are you out? Now, if I understand the rules of kickball, if you have a designated Third base watcher. Third base watcher. This is what they refer to themselves as third base watcher. Basically, like I'm a referee, third base. And you know, because they offer to say, well, hey, I'll just be the full time pitcher. And I was like, nah, I'm loving my spot. No, I got mine. I got mine. Now, if you, they let you pitch for them, you could pitch, but I got it on, I got it on lock right here. I'm throwing curve balls and all kind of stuff. I'm throwing bounce passes like we playing basketball. Oh, yeah, I was doing everything. Yeah, they was, they was like, "Pass, Link, that's a foul ball. That's a matter of perspective. <laughs> like, oh, I kept bringing back the type. No, that's a matter of perspective. You think it's a bouncy ball. No, that's just a type of role. It's a matter of perspective. No foul, right? No no foul. Like, you've made this serious, Right? But tell me this, going back to the designated third base watcher, when my team is up kicking, one of my younger people kicks a pop-up fly to third base, the referee, the third base watcher, this person right here, (laughs) right here, catches it and then tells us we got an out. I said, what? So then everybody started calling me LeBron because I was out there like, what? Are you serious? Like, how is that an out? Like, I don't understand that, right? And they like, oh, LeBron, it's an out. (laughs) So I'm like, am I crazy? Because the last time I checked, third base watchers or referees. They referee the game, players play, but referees referee, you understand? I said, what is this? So their team was all in agreement with it. Yeah, that's an out, pass Lincoln. That's an out. I'm like, oh, so we playing dirty. So we playing dirty. So I tell you I was going to sprinkle a little bit of exaggeration in there, right? I haven't even got to it yet. Now, I must tell the truth and confess about me because I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. One thing that I kept noticing about their team, why when I'm pitching, first base is kind of equal to my position. But why is third base about this far away from home? (laughs) Meaning that if I'm right here on third base and I do this, I'm home. (laughs) Only when they are up. I was like, I don't understand this. So me, I could cheat. (laughs) So all of a sudden, second base started moving. I said, don't pick it up, kick it with your foot. So, I was telling my daughter, my old, I said, slide it back with your foot, right? Like, I would turn around and talk to them, slide it back with your foot, like, you understand? So, at one point, Minister Brandon was like, hey, I can't see second base no more. It's it's there. It's there. It is there. Trust me, when you run from first base, you'll see it. It's there. (laughs) Just a little further than what it initially was placed at, right? So, I I take y'all through all of this to let you understand that it's a matter of, Perspective, Because what I thought was a foul, they kept saying, no, that's not a foul. What I thought was a strike, I said, well, help me understand the difference between a strike and a foul. Right? So I kept looking crazy like, hmm, I don't understand. So it became a matter of perspective. Do you understand what I'm saying? We understand that a person's perception is their reality. So I understand... I ain't gonna speak nothing crazy over them, but their reality is not my reality. Clearly, a lot of those balls were foul balls. A lot of the outs were outs. You know what I mean? Like I don't, under, I don't understand how. I just don't understand. So uh, you can you can you can you can kind of gather that I'm a little I'm still a little hot because long story short we end up losing because they were multiplying. They were multiplying points, because I don't understand how we were up like 10 to 1, and all of a sudden, it's like 13 to 10. How? I'll never figure that out. I'll never be able to figure that out. But again, so then they try to use my philosophy, it's a matter of perspective, man of God. So I didn't like it when they spoke it back to me. But indeed, that's what it became. You say y'all got 10, we say we got 13. No, you got the, you got the, who was the 11th run? Right? I need to know. I need to know. So that's, I was trying to figure this thing out. But we kept coming back to the theme about perspective because that's truly what it was about. Yesterday's game was a matter of perspective from everyone. Everybody was seeing the game from different angles, different positions, you understand? And, and, and because of that, everybody was viewing that game from a different reality. And I said, okay, wow. But I think I had the best position as being the pitcher. And then my height, I'm a good five nine. I could see fairly well over the field. So I think I had a good position. And I told, I told the third baseman, the designated third base watcher. Because at one point, she was like, man of God, I think you lie. I said, you think I'm willing to risk heaven to lie about an out about this game? So then she come to say, it's a matter of perspective. You know what? It was only fun when I was doing that, right? So... That's today's theme, series that we're getting in. We're talking about perspectives, right? And so we understand. Marion webster gives us this definition of perspective. The one that, that, that resonated with me is talking about the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance, right? Now, when you think about the relation of the game that we were playing yesterday, fouls, strikes, outs, and all these different things, and all the individuals that are playing in their appropriate spaces on the field... Somebody was not seeing correctly from their side, right? But I know they're going to tell me that's a matter of perspective. Somebody didn't think winning was important as I thought it was. It's, like, it's just a game. No, it's not a game. No, it's not. It's a game inside of a game. I, because everybody knows my philosophy has always been, is only as good as your last game. You are not sending me home with an nail. And I was trying to show them how serious I was. Listen, I got my own baby girl out. I wasted no time doing that. I I, I did not hesitate when she came up the kick. Matter of fact, I I was already talking noise to her. Oh, yeah, right. You know you about to get out, right? You about to be out. Because you don't want to get on my team. And I look at my other babies, my other majesty's at first base. She kind of back at second base. Yeah, team Nelson, mine is this one. You think you are? Yeah, you about to get out. Yeah, it was no favoritism. I was, yeah, because I'm, I'm gonna teach you a lesson. Like you never go against your own family. Never go against your own family. We're about to dominate you. Even when we got in the car when the game was over, I high five. Give me a high five, Messi. Good job. High five, Shekana. She's like, what about What about you? What about me, Daddy? The five-year-old. What I don't care, you was not on my team. What about you? You should have high five minutes Nate. <laughs> And then I finally softened up and gave a high five right before we drove drove into the driveway here. You don't go against me, your daddy. Like, I'm going to show you, I got something for you, right? So here we are. The scripture says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, right? So we understand this particular man, Nicodemus, what he's a part of this religious sect called the Pharisees, right? Who is strictly going according to religious views and perceptions and things of this nature right here, right? So we understand that they're well-educated men. But what I like about this man, he understood beyond the religion, beyond the intelligence or the knowledge that I possess, I recognize something about Jesus Christ, right? So, not only is he a Pharisee, we understand that he's a part of the Sanhedrin Council, too. So, he's a man that's in authority, and we understand he's used to making decisions. Because when you think about the Sanhedrin Council, think about, okay, there are different types. of. So there's like a lower level of the Sanhedrin Council, but then it's like a greater level, uh, depicting the, 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 what we know as to be our su- Supreme Court, right? And then there were lower levels when you think about the different municipalities and all those different things right there, right? So, understand. Uh, I'm not necessarily clear whether he was part of the great Sanhedrin or the lower level. But anyhow, he was someone that was accustomed to making decisions, judging cases and things of this nature, which would come down to a matter of what? Perspective. Right. So he said there was this man. Give me verse number two. Right. He said the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know. Now he's speaking on behalf of all the Pharisees. We know. It was one thing if he was just speaking for himself, but he said, No, we know. And it's one thing when an individual is speaking for, you know what I'm saying, the group collectively. He's saying, No, we know. Whether they're willing to admit it or not, we know. Hmm. Whether you're saved or not, we know. Uh, you understand because you can't play no games you know whether you're saved or not you know that there is power in his name because even we found people who don't consider themselves to be believers oh let them get in a tight let their back be up against the wall don't let them be about to get in a car accident oh Jesus oh you knew that there was power in that name right? Do you know somebody and can you relate, right? Because we have not always claimed to be believers. You understand what I'm saying? Even when you were a sinner. Now, some of us grew up in church, but then there were some of us who didn't grow up in church, but you knew that there was something about the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Kurt Franklin. It's something about the name Jesus. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I like your shout out, so I think I'm going to follow you. You understand? Something about the name of Jesus. Now, the old folk would tell us power in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of, so we know that there is something about that name. Whether it's a name that you truly familiar with, you understood. When my back is up against the wall, Jesus, let me call on that name, that name. And so in like manner, we see this Pharisee, this religious leader, he's speaking on behalf of the group saying, no, we know that there are a teacher come from who? God. God has to be because no man can do the things that you're doing except God be with him. Except God be with him. And that's the thing. Well, we find people coming in and out of churches now where they're just coming in here, a motivational speaker, you understand what I'm saying? There is no power on demonstration, you know. We, we, it, it to the point where we have about five services on one Sunday, you understand what I'm saying? Got this thing down to a T. Hey, man, that should do what you do. But I'm saying do it with some power and authority, though. Because what I need to know, after I hear, hear a message, I need to be able to go home and make application. I need to be able to go home and walk in power myself. Right? Well, those of us that understand who he is and have a relation with him, it says, okay, okay, after being saved and all these different things, we have power to tread over snakes and scorpions and to cast out devils. To them, not to him, not to her, to them that believe. Right? There were a lot of people that say they believe, but yet have no power or no authority, right? Right. Right. But I like the fact that this religious leader recognizes there was authority in this man. That he's willing to risk and jeopardize his position as a religious leader to the point that he goes at night because some of us. We do things at night. Do you know somebody and can you relate? It's at night when things tend to get tricky for you at night. yeah, It's not. See, we like to blame some of the food that we eat. It's not the food because the Bible lets us know that you can cause yourself the dream. If you have not confessed those lustful ideas, those lustful passions and desires that you've been dealing with throughout the course of the day, guess what? There was a great possibility that you're about to have a lustful or perverted dream at night. This is my thing. Some of us, we are believers, right? Now, when you know you're on point doing what you need to do, I'm talking about confessing, getting in your word, meditating in your word, day and night, praying like you should, making yourself become accountable, being responsible for the call that God has placed in your life, being responsible for the anointing that God has placed in your life. Notice how you would talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about. And so, guess what? Even if the enemy tried to bring a dream to you and, and, and caused you to do perverted things in the dream, guess what? There was a standard in your dream. Y'all ain't going to talk to me right there. When you are on point with God being accountable and being responsible for the anointing on your life. Guess what? You're not even going to cross some boundaries in a dream. In a dream, you have the presence of mind to say no in a dream. But if you have failed to say no in a dream, it goes to show, oh, you are not where you're supposed to be. You are not guarding the anointing. You are not guarding the call of God. And guess what? There is not a help, the respect level for the things of God and who God has called you to be. Oh, it's in the nighttime that things they talk about go bump in the night. Well, guess what? So I creep at night too. Y'all not going to talk to me right there. Right, that's what TLC told me. So I creep at night and things of that nature right there. He went at night, because if he go in the daytime, he run the risk of somebody seeing him going to speak to Jesus about the situation. Because the truth be told of being a Pharisee, he was viewed as an enemy of Jesus Christ. We all can relate to that because we all have been considered an enemy of God. Before we decided to give our lives to Jesus, we were considered an enemy of God. An enemy going to talk to his enemy. I kind of like his mindset. Let me go talk to my enemy, see what he's about. And let him know I know this about him. You understand? So he said, okay, what? I'm trying to figure out where I'm at in the scripture, man. Okay, give me verse number three. Give me verse number three. He said, Jesus answered and I said unto him, after he came in that night, Verily, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except he be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And when he's talking about be born again, he's talking about be born from above. Being born from heaven, being born from on high. All right? So he said, except this man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He will not be able to see the kingdom of God. He will not have the power or the authority to see or experience the kingdom of God, except he be born again. Now, the thing is, we're saying, are you safe? Because in kickball. You understand to be safe, you have to be on the base. So inside the, the, the foundational principles or the rules of the game, in order to be safe, you must be touching base. If you are in the kingdom, meaning if you are born again, then you are safe. If you're not born again, then guess what? You, you are out. There is no in-between. Either you're safe or you're out. Right? Either you're safe or you're out. So he said, the only way you can partake of the kingdom, you must be born again. Now think about all the religious folk, because nowadays it's popular to be Christian. You ask anybody randomly, hey, and they'll tell you, oh, I'm Christian too. Or hey, I love Jesus too, right? But he said, okay, in order for you to be saved, you must be born again. Then maybe we should change the question: Are you born again? We should change the question that we're asking now. Not are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Have you been born again? And see where the conversation takes you then. Because nowadays, everybody's a Christian. And we know everybody tell you they love God. It used to be we have to say, okay, name your God. I need to know which God you're talking about. Because there's so many gods that people talk about they love. And you'll think that we're talking about the same God and we're not talking about the same God. So, are you safe or are you out? Or well, they say, well, hey, well, I, said the, I said the sinner's prayer, and I said, Jesus Christ, I accept him in my heart. And, okay, you're saved. You got saved, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be a partaker of a kingdom. All right, all right. Am I not in the book? That's it. He said, with confession of your mouth, that, that confession is made, and with faith in your heart, believing that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, okay, you shall be saved, Right? But the scriptures also tell us what, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot experience or be a partaker of the kingdom unless you're born again. Right? right. right? So, 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 what are we talking about? We understand this kingdom is talking about, in the Greek, it's talking about a territory or, or, or a position or place, reign, that's being reigned by Jesus, the Messiah. So, this kingdom, we're talking about the kingdom of God, a place that's subject to the authority of Jesus Christ. This place is governed by Jesus, by Jesus being its king, right? So then the scriptures say what? He cannot see this unless he's born again. When you talk about born, born in the Greek, it's saying what? Of one who uh, brings other over to his way of life. So it's talking about being converted. Converting someone. That's why you would see in scripture, they're talking about the proselytes and stuff, right? They're converting them over to the Jewish Religion, right? Converting them over from being sinners and all this to this particular religion, converting them over to their way of life, right? So he's saying, unless you have converted to to coming subject to living with Jesus Christ as being your king, guess what? You have not been born again. God of mercy, but I didn't think, think this thing was gonna go out there. But this lets you know how many perspectives we have as believers, as Christians. Well, I, I know I'm saved because I, 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 I confess that Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. We're not saying you're not saved, I'm saying you won't be a partake of the kingdom. You cannot see the kingdom. That's, that's what I'm telling you. I'm not debating whether or not you're saved, because the scripture said that if you make confession with your mouth and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you are saved. But the scripture is also telling me that except you be born again, you cannot see, meaning you cannot partake or, or encounter the kingdom of God. So this is not a matter of perspective, only it's a perspective of just one, his perspective. We don't get to debate this. We don't get to have an opinion about this. What does the word say? And too many times you find people trying to give you their opinion. What does the word say? It said, except you be born again. Now, there were some folk thinking, well, they speaking in tongues. I'm born again. Oh, no, the gifts and callings come without repentance. You could have backslide. And guess what? While you was in route, backsliding, still speaking in tongues still able to prophesy, still able to discern folk, still have the working of miracles in your hand while you backslide. You understand what I'm saying? He said, but only way for you to have the kingdom, you must be what? Born again. Born again. Being converted, which denotes there must be a change that takes place in your life. Simply put, what I used to do that brought no pleasure to God, I must change that. For the love of Jesus, I cannot understand. Somebody that considers themselves to be a Christian, meaning they are a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ. For the love of God, I cannot understand how you think listening to secular music is okay. Well, listen, I ain't going to just have no any kind of music in my bedroom. Well, you showing me you don't trust God. Because if you're depending upon R. Kelly to get you right, there's something that's wrong with you. So you mean to tell me you can't get in the mood unless you have R. Kelly. My body's calling me the devil is a lie. No, sometimes you got to just be that real. I've heard prominent people, prominent bishops, well-known people talk about, listen, listen, I'm going to play this with my wife. Okay, okay, so you're trying to tell me, but when you go over to Psalms chapter number one, put that on the screen. Since we're talking about perspectives, go to Psalms number one. We're going to teach you because, see, you can't walk away and say, well, I didn't know. Oh, I thought this was okay. The devil is a lie. You thought this was okay. Bishops, prominent, well-known bishops got these titles, doing awesome things in the Lord. But when it comes to living the word of God, it's a matter of perspective. This is what I like. And then they try to throw description, well, the wedding bed is undefiled. What does that really mean that the wedding bed is undefiled? Blessed is the man that walking not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you, you depending on R. Kelly to counsel you. You depending on Marvin Gaye to counsel you on how to get this woman right or how to get this man right. The devil is a lie. I don't need Marvin Gaye. I sure don't need R. Kelly. I don't need the spirit of lust. I don't need the spirit of perversion entering into my marriage covenant or entering into my sacred place. Guess what? God instituted sex. Let me talk to the one whose sex came about. Let me talk to the one who created my wife. Let me talk to the one who created her husband. If I need understanding on how to get you right, let me go talk to the one that know you better than I know myself. I will not yield myself to ungodly counsel. Oh So what am I saying? As bad as I hate to say it, that's why I had to stop watching Empire. I had to stop watching Scandal. You understand what I'm saying? Because some of these things, it's, it's contaminating my spirit. And the truth be told, some of these things, you want to actually carry out. That's why the Bible talks about lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and pride of life. But folk ain't going to be real to talk about you struggling with you vain imagination, fantasy, evil, wicked, passion, desires, and all these different things. We're not going to be honest and talk about these different things right here. But the reality, it is ungodly counsel. Now, I'm not telling you, I understand we are in this world, we're not of it. So everywhere you go, you're going to be exposed to some stuff. My thing is, I'm not going to open up to it. See, I know I'm open when I go into the grocery store, because you know, you go in the grocery all the time, they're playing secular music. Secular music doesn't bother me like that. But if I'm not on top of my game, and now the secular music that I heard is just lingering around in my head, or now I'm just thinking about this song, or now I'm thinking about another secular song, guess what? It's on the godly council that I've opened myself up to. So as a Christian, I cannot understand, y'all know me, that's some stuff I just don't want to understand because it's a bad understanding. But I'm trying to hire you, bishop, prominent people in the body of Christ. And you telling folk, this is what you're doing. you telling them that I'm opening myself up to ungodly counsel because I ain't anointed enough. I can't get a prayer life enough where I can't go lay hands on my wife or lay hands on myself for that matter to get it right. It's ungodly. Godly. Somebody showed me something on, 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 because you know I'm going be on Facebook like that. Showed me something and, and, and a, a, a Catholic church mass. You know what they call this? The Mass of Beyonce. I said the so-called praise and worship leaders are singing Beyonce songs to the congregation. And they getting hyped. And then the preachers or the speakers come up here teaching her lyrics, trying to make this be a God. The devil is alive from the pit. This is ungodly counsel. I'm to my black woman. I'm like, she talking about, you know, I ain't got a doctorate at that well versed in the scripture has a good handling command on the scripture but somehow because the Bible tells us in the last name the very elect will become deceived oh y'all better talk to me you got somebody with a doctor degree sitting and teaching to a congregation and telling them we gonna worship Beyonce the devil is a the liar there is only one God and his name is Jesus the Christ He there is only one Messiah you can't replace him with Beyonce matter of fact my Bible tells me if any other God try to be raised up, knock it down like Dagon God. I ain't opposed to it. Knock her down like Dagon God. I ain't opposed to it. Knock her down where you will save her soul. She came out of the church but has lost her way. I am not opposed to God knocking her down if it means her soul has got to be saved. How can you be okay with somebody lifting you up as a God? And you call yourself a believer, a Christian, but letting someone else take the place of the one true God. How? What a deception. Do you recognize this spirit of deception that's moving through the land, that is moving through the body of Christ, that believers are okay with being deceived? Oh, it's a matter of perspective, because to somebody, this is okay. To somebody, this is God To somebody, this is the new wave Of the Holy Spirit, the devil is alive Cause my Bible tells me He's a God that changes not He's the same yesterday, today And forevermore, he don't need no tricks To be exalted baby, just give me The truth, let me exalt him And lift him up, let him be magnified And glorified, we ain't gotta turn no trick Give them the truth, let the truth Convict them, let the truth deal With them all these gimmicking gangs, games they're trying to fill seats give them the truth if they want the truth then they'll come subject to the truth okay I'm gonna say that but we got a new tree to try to get no i hate it when emphasis in here but i ain't gonna compromise his word because oh, at the end of the day I come subject to him at the end of the day I'm just a vessel in his larger scheme or what he calls his purpose at the end of the day I want God to be pleased at the end of the day I want God to be glorified at the end of the day I want to hear Him say well done that good and faithful servant at the end of the day I want to know that I obey him with everything in me and for the sake of to please you this is to an audience of one. Well, I wish I had some help right there. No, I say this is to an audience of one. It's about his perspective. God, did what we do? Did it please your God? When we opened up our mouth and gave you praise, did it please your God? When we yielded our heart, God, did it please your God? When we came to the altar, God, were you pleased, God? When we submitted our life, were you pleased? Nobody's trying to please him anymore. I went back to God. I just wanna be right. Want to hear oh, here honor what you said, God. I just wanna be right, God. Right. Stuff that I will overlook, God, deal with me about it, God. Stuff that I would downplay, God, deal with me about it, God. Stuff that I would pass if I God, deal with me about it, God. My dreams, God, deal with me about it, God. My vision with me about it God those things God that I'm unwilling to talk about God unwilling to confess God deal with me about them God I say God don't let your holy conviction God become stale God don't lift it God what I can't have God it's not being sensitive to you let me remain convicted by your truth God I just want to be right I know I me being right I'm pleasing Him. You know, when your folks talk about that, they want to be right. I was telling Pastor Ivan, usually, me and my wife, see, when I'm not on point, when I'm not being sensitive to God, when I'm letting life... You know what I'm saying? I'm more sensitive to life. I'm more sensitive to the situations and scenarios and and the circumstances, the trials and the issues and the struggles of life. When I become more sensitive to that, guess what? I have desensitized myself to the spirit and the voice of God. But when you say, God, you are my desire, when you say, God, I need you, God, it's you that I'm longing for, it's you that I'm thirsting for, it's you that I'm hungry for, God, it's you that I'm chasing after, guess what, there was a sensitivity that will rise up in you. Yeah. I was telling Pastor Abraham how I was talking to my wife, and I wanted to be sarcastic with her. She didn't do nothing. She didn't do anything for me to be sarcastic. But you can become so prone to just doing things. You can become so prone to just starting stuff. You're not not accustomed to having peace in your home. So when peace tries to come in your home because this is abnormal, you got to mess up this peace. You just got to store something when really was no reason to store something. And here I am about to open my mouth and release sarcastic word. He said, "Put it on back. I said, oh. And I begin to examine my thought. He said, why? You don't even have a need to be sarcastic. You were not rejected. Oh, because talk about it. We talk about most folk become sarcastic when they're rejected. She ain't say nothing to reject me, but because there was an opportunity to be fire I was getting ready to take it and just start some stuff but I'm so glad Ah, uh, I said I'm so glad there was a God uh, that he will honor what you said I say God I just want to be right if you want to be right that better then I'm gonna check you on your thought. I'm gonna check it with what folk can't see I'm gonna check it with folk can't hear, and I'm gonna see how bad you want to be right there. when I speak to you about this thought I'm gonna see if you're gonna change it God I pulled it right on back I said, listen, I was about to be sarcastic. I didn't even have no reason to be sarcastic, just getting ready to start something. I so I apologize. She's looking at me like, whoa, whoa. And, and, and she probably looked at me because the part of I ain't have no reason to start nothing. Right. I, I would look crazy too, like. And then the truth be told, had I not obeyed his spirit and just started something, later in the conversation, see me, I would have been like. What you arguing for? (laughs) Y'all not going to talk to me. I would have been like, what are you arguing for, knowing I started this? (laughs) What you upset for? What you mad for? (laughs) Because you purposely started stuff. We were doing good, now here you go, want to interrupt the piece. right? And you looking like, then you got the nerve, I'm, I'm talking about me. I started it, then when she get mad, now I'm going to get mad because she mad. You got a legal right to be mad, a legitimate reason to be mad, and here I am going to turn get mad because you mad. Who you talking to? Your children over there. Oh, you think you talking to when I'm wrong? I'm wrong. But do you see what I'm saying? Many people calling themselves Christians, but living any kind of way, they're living according to their perspective. Rather than live according to His word, His word is going to challenge you all day, every day. It is going to challenge you to be better. Y'all know I say, you know what? He sends the truth first and foremost because He loves you. Secondly, because He's trying to save you. Third, because He's trying to free you. Oh, well, but then when you really dig into the depths of why He's sending the truth, I'm challenging you to become a better individual. That's why we say it didn't give you, allowed you to be married to be happy. I see so what a deception. Oh, thinking, well, if I get married and we get our house and we get our dog, we're gonna be happy. No, I'm about to tell you real life is about to start. I'm about to tell you you as much as you think you're about to be in the bed, you're gonna be out the bed more than you think. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And if your flesh is not disciplined, you about to be in a world of trouble. You about to be in a world of trouble because the only time y'all are in the bed was when both of y'all come home from working a full-time job, being in full-time ministry, trying to check your flesh full-time every day. You exhausted, but even though you exhausted, guess what? Your body still has a need. Your body still has a craving. But guess what? Some people are tired to respond or take care of that craving. And if you are not disciplined like you need to be, then guess what? There's something called lust that will rise up on the inside of you. And if you don't check that lust, guess what will follow the spirit of loser It's something called the spirit of anger Where you find yourself being short and you find yourself being irritable and you find yourself being frustrated Why? Because all you feel is I need a release and I'll Oh, somebody better help me Somebody better help me, that's real life Because somebody deceiving us. oh, when we get married, have our one, two children I was somebody as as blessed as my life has been because of my children. But see, folk don't write in books and tell you how you know what? These children are so sensitive to when y'all are trying to be. It's something about these children, I'm talking about you think they sleep, they supposed to be sleep, they supposed to be downstairs doing something else, and here they go with their fingers all under the door, you like the devil, the devil is a, oh, wait a minute, and, 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 and your intimate time is interrupted, and you gotta be all nice and be all respectable of the child because you trying not to let them know what you are about to do, well mom and, mom and daddy, about, we, about, we about to talk, we got to talk. We, we gotta talk. Can, can you, hey listen? I need y'all to listen, I need y'all to go downstairs, man. Eat the food, man. Watch the TV. And then if you like me, you're gonna turn it, you're gonna blast the TV. Turn the TV all the way up. You understand what I'm saying? Cause I don't need your ears to be trying to hear nothing. You understand what I'm saying? That's real. You know how many days I tell my child? Go to your own bathroom daddy I like coming in your bathroom why it's not like we have the different stuff in our bathroom you got a toilet just like us that I just like coming in your bathroom you know what I see you I see you you trying to figure out if me and mommy trying to do something I see you go to your own bathroom bathroom. folks don't tell you how much your life is interrupted I said, my children are a blessing. But I would be a lie if I ain't tell you some days they're going be working my nerve. Oh, yeah. See, somehow I still got a five-year-old who just every now and then just to why. You are not a baby. What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Wait till you experience that just Want to whine if you needed attention to say, Dad, I need a hug. What are you whining for, man? I'm just telling, as a man, I don't understand. What do you want? What are you crying for? You didn't fall down, your stomach is full, you had something to drink, you're watching TV like you want to watch, you act, you're practically getting everything you asked for. What are you crying for? As a man, I can't understand it. I'm just like, help me understand it. Talk to me. You can't talk, talk to me. All right? There's just some things that are more comfortable with mama. And if you like me, I hate it when you walk past me when I'm right here. When you walk and bypass me. Something that I was very capable of handling, but you go to your mommy. Now your mommy's going to say, your daddy was right there. Honey, you, honey, you couldn't do that? Listen, first of all, I did not know the child was about to ask you for such and such. I mean, they got a mom. Why didn't they open their mouth? I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> you, see easy, you see how easy the devil can use your Christian children? How uh, easy the devil can use your Christian children. Now the wife don't understand why you couldn't handle it. I didn't know what they was asking you. Then they go into, well, no, this just showed me how you be handling them. <laughs> so, you know, the thing in my house right now is, hey, my wife, Black Lincoln, they called you three times. You didn't answer. She said, you know how you get when you get in the TV? Listen, you already know. Listen, timing and tone, timing and tone, timing and tone. Say it three times for you. When I'm watching the game, come on. I am locked in on the game. There is a good possibility that I did not hear them. And then you know me. How loud do they call me? I'm gonna be out here by myself. You know. How loud did they call me? Where were they when they called me? Were you looking at me? Did you come in front of me? Or did you stand off in the distance back there and, and, and call me? Alright? So I start asking questions. Because I know I know how this thing is gonna play out. She's gonna ask me all, all those different questions. So you gotta I gotta be ready for all of that. <laughs> I must be ready. So, again, it's a matter of perspective. I heard them. I just didn't answer them. Why did I say that? Because then you go into stuff like this. I know when there's something that's urgent based on how they're going to call me. Daddy? Daddy? That wasn't anything urgent. They just want something to drink. Daddy Daddy I just want some type of snack. That was an urgent. So you know, so as a dude, I'd be like, "Listen. Men handle things differently than how you handle it. It's not going to move me. I'm not going to be about to cry every time they cry. I'm be like, "Get up. Wipe your face." Hey, I am hurt. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now heal it, God. And then you'll watch them go off and they just, mm, mm, like nothing ever happened. So i be like, you got to pay attention to this. They be trying to trick us, man. See, so I'm not falling for that. Don't fall for it. I'm not falling for that. I'm falling for that, man. It's a matter of perspective. How the woman looks at it and how the man looks at it. You can't criticize me because of my perspective. This is how he designed me what I found that naturally men are intellectual We're thinkers That's not to say women are not thinkers you feel before you think we think before we feel All right We think before we feel so that's why it always seemed to be we don't understand you Because a lot of times when you approach us with a deep conversation notice when you say hey, I need to talk to you You already put us on edge our whole day is messed up. We're trying to process what does she want to talk to me about. We're trying to figure out what we did not do. <laughs> or trying to figure out what did we do. You understand? Like, you have messed us up. If any man tell you otherwise, he's a liar. You have messed us up. When you say, hey, I need to talk to you. Like my wife told me the other day, hey, I need to see you upstairs. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down here, now this is me I'm down here, I'm, I'm, I'm get, I got laundry washing clothes, in the dryer as soon as they come out the dryer eh, I'm on my fold game, just eh, just. Eh, eh. and she busts up, hey I need to see you upstairs so I start looking around like is the, is the kitchen clean? Then I take out the trash? does a car need gas? do I need to cut the grass? well I can't cut the grass it's been raining, so you, I'm thinking about what does she want to talk to me about? So then, instead of me walking up the step with authority, like, you know, I walk all the steps gingerly, like, you know, taking my time with this thing, because I don't know what I'm about to walk into, so I'm just like, "Uh, hey, you know, the door's open, so you kind of, hey, hey, you all right? Trying to figure, you, all right? You good? And then she lets me know it wasn't. I'm like, then you breathe this sourly like, oh God, thank you, Jesus, because I didn't know what I was giving to walk into. That's all like, oh, you wanted? You could have told me that downstairs. <laughs> it's a matter of perspective. So I understand. We're different, y'all. We're different. I don't even know how we got here. Everything that God, everything that God wanted us to get here, right? Because well, we were talking about being born again in the kingdom, and we were talking about having ungodly counsel lead you. Right? Go to verse 4. I got to get out of here, man. So Nicodemus said, them, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Sound like his curiosity. I'm not giving up on it. Because if you're telling me this is what has to happen, I'm not giving up on it. Me, with my religious, intellectual self, I'm not giving up on it. How can this be done? He was hungry. Now, see, we can look at, okay, maybe he was trying to protect his reputation by going at night, but then again, we can also look at it from a different angle. It's a matter of perspective. See, me, I can look at it from this way, which I'm going to choose look at. He was hungry. I could be asleep, but I'm going to interrupt my sleep and go chase out that. hey, I know you are the teacher. Hmm. I know God is with you. The proof is because of the types of things that you're doing. How can I be a partaker? Right? So it's a matter of perspective. So give me, give me, give me verse five. He says what? Jesus asked and I said, Verily, verily, basically he's saying, true, true. Nah, no, some of us, when we talk, true, 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 that, yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true, for sure. That's real, though. 100, 100, keep it 100. That's real, though. That's real talk. That's, real. That's all Jesus was saying to He said, very, very, he was saying, true, true. Amen, amen. This is true. You could take this to the bank, go cash. That's all he was saying. I say unto thee, except a the man be born of water and of the spirit, but he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. See, at first you thought it was just see, but remember I kept saying see or an encounter or be a partaker, right? See, I was already in the, in, the, in the scripture, right? He cannot enter. So it's showing you that you could be saved and still dwell on the outside of the kingdom. Now, there's just some things I'm not willing to risk. Now, I'm going to let y'all in my house one more time, and then I'm going to quickly kick y'all out. There was this ongoing debate in my house right now, you know. And my wife said, Lincoln, again, matter of perspective. She said, Lincoln, maybe you shouldn't mess with the children like that. Who's to say I was joking? And this is what I'm talking about. Now, y'all know in the book of Revelation, it talks about how there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. So my kids heard me say, well, No matter where you fall out of these three places, you're going to be good. As long as I'm not in the lake of fire, I'm going to be good. I said, me? I think I want to go to the new earth. So, Majesty became so dramatic. She was like, daddy, why would you want to go to the new earth and not be with God? Oh, maybe because I didn't get to go to the NBA in this life. Maybe I can go to the NBA, you know what I mean? Make a couple meals, you know what I mean? Do my thing. Also, I do want to be married again. See, up there, I don't think I could be married again. You understand what I'm saying? I do want to be married again. So just maybe God would let me be married on the earth again. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. She was like, Daddy, you don't even know if you're going to be married to Mommy again. Hey, that's a chance I'm willing to take. Hey! Hey! So my, my wife was looking at me like, you probably shouldn't have told him that, hey. But you know what? It started off as a joke. But you remember I told y'all, I said, God, I just want to be right. God said, you meant that, that you would want to go to the new herb. Why? Because y'all heard me say, and I, I turned the new 20, Right. Now, I was under the impression, some people have heard my testimony where I said I was going through a midlife crisis. Huh, case in point, understand this, because time is winding up, we do, y'all do believe that time is winding up, meaning that the world is going to come to an end, right? So things are happening much quicker. What would happen for a man at 45 or early 50s is now happening at 38 and 39. I started experiencing a midlife crisis around about 38 years old and did not understand what was taking place in my life. I just felt this desire. I got to change something. I just need to change something. You know, I started having crazy thoughts like, I don't want my house no more. The house God gave me. The car that's paid off, I don't want that car anymore. My family. As much as I love my family, I don't want them anymore. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Now, the truth of the matter is, I love my wife and children. I love the house that God blessed me with. I love the fact that I don't have a car paid, man. But something inside of me was telling me I need to change this. You just need to change something. So I started changing things that I had the power to change. My whole wardrobe stopped changing. My shoes started changing. My, 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 my How I was handling my time with people started changing. All right? And then y'all know the most prominent thing was when I put the red color in my hair. The reality, the color came in my hair because it wasn't until I found out when God told me, he said, you're going through a midlife crisis because time is winding up. What would happen later in your life is happening much sooner had not God told that to me, I would not have realized what was taking place. I said, God, now it makes sense why an older man will go chasing after a younger woman. Because, can I be all the way real with y'all? Uh, lust of the eye started trying to develop in my eyes, and I started having an d- attention for younger women. I was like, "Who devil, she's bad, but who devil, you alive. See, folk ain't gonna tell the truth. She was bad. She was right up my alley. She was my speed. You understand what I'm saying? And then you say stuff in your head like this. Oh, I'll teach her something. So, oh, I will. Devil, you a bit. Devil, back up off of me. Devil, you a lie? See, I'm gonna go ahead and be real because I'm trying to stay safe and I'm trying to be right with God. So I gotta tell the stuff that I don't wanna say. But guess what? I know ain't the only one. You might not say it, but everybody can really. Oh, yeah. If you my age, it don't matter if you man or woman. Guess what? Nine times out of ten, you probably experienced a middle life crisis has felt this overwhelming desire to change some stuff and it wasn't until he told me that I understood and I was like oh this devil trying to get me caught out here Oh, so you know what? There'll be days. So now think back over this span, y'all. When y'all saw me many, some Sunday where I would come in, face raggedy, head ragged. I ain't gonna get no haircut. Now you understand why. It was not safe for me to go outside. Oh, y'all can play them games all you want, too. My soul was on the line. I say, God, a haircut is not more important than my soul, God. I put a line on my head and be all right and go to church, God, and let you lose me, God. But I refuse to fall prey to my flesh, God. I refuse to fall prey, God, to these evil and wicked desires and passions on the inside of me, God. I refuse to not confront, God, the struggles that the enemy trying to ring up. I refuse not to be honest with myself, God. I refuse not to tell the truth about myself, God. I refuse not to be real about where I am and what I'm dealing with. Today... So understand, I had to deal with that. So, Lord said, no, you meant that. Well, as I dug more into this whole midlife crisis, they talk about things like having unmet or unfulfilled goals. See, when the Lord told me at 15 years old he was going to use me in the NBA, now me, I just automatically assume as a player. Who knows, and later in life, I might own a team, because I'm surely past my days of playing. But because I automatically assume as a player, hey, we are going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Maybe I can go to the earth and try this thing all over again. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So you follow what I'm saying? Because of that, it felt like it, there was a void that was left. That something had to be done, which, which if there was a void, it leaves space or it gives room for the enemy to come now, move in. But I thank God that God would speak His truth to allow me to deal with what I felt, you know what, then bring a level of satisfaction to me. So understand, I'm kicking y'all out my house, because we're gonna come back to this. And I'm getting out your way. So he's saying, Except the man be born of the water and spirit, but he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That should be baptized. Water baptized, which is a public demonstration in the natural that's saying, I have converted my life. I'm no longer living the way I used to live according to the flesh. And then he said, being born of a spirit, baptized with that of a burning fire, you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because some people look at us and say, well, how are you able to not do certain, the Holy Ghost?" Because if you ever take the Holy Ghost, oh, you got you to mess on your hands. Can I, can I really be real? Because, see, most believers are not going to talk. Even though I have the Holy Ghost, there is a such thing called quenching the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is trying to convict you, there is a such thing as, nah, I don't want to hear that right now. Because I, I like this. That's why the Bible says quench not the Spirit. So he's letting you know you have the ability to quench my spirit. God is not going to force himself. He's not going to overpower you. Guess what? It must be a willingness, a subjection. And every day we're not willing. We talk a good game, but every day we're not willing. Because what you need and what you want, sometimes what you want overpowers what you know you need. Your flesh desire... Or the desire of your flesh is much greater than the desire of your spirit. Because the truth be told, some of our spirits are malnourished in the realm of the spirit. We haven't fed our spirit, no word. But we done listened to and looked at all kind of stuff on the TV, on our little handheld computers, our telephones. You understand what I'm saying? And so your, your flesh has been fed. So guess what? It's stronger than your spirit, man. Give me that last verse and I'm out of here. this is what? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Simply put, they ain't even got to bring you no revelation on that. That which is born of the flesh, it is flesh. Now, I am going to drop this on you. Because in the book of Psalms, it talks about the womb of the morning. The morning has a womb. When you understand who you are, right? If you really break down the Hebrew... And you really dig into scripture, right? Because we know woman, right? Woman is interpreted in Hebrew, man with a womb. If you really break down who you are as a man, even as we talk about the body of Christ, he refers to us as his bride. So you've heard me say, man, you are something like a woman in the realm of the spirit because if you were his bride, and when you really break down scripture, guess what? Adam didn't come out of Eve. Eve came from... So it's showing you that even as a man, you have the ability to carry or house something. Simply put, if, you're, if it's born of the flesh, it is of the flesh. What did you deposit into the womb of the morning? What was deposited on the inside of you as a man? What was deposited on the inside of you as a woman? Was it something that was born of the flesh? Look at your interactions and your actions throughout the course of the day, and it's going to tell you if it was born of the flesh or if it was born of the spirit. If you were impatient, what do you think that symbolizes? Born of what? What? If you were struggling with lust of the eyes, that's what? Born of what? Right? But, but if you were patient, kind, long-suffering, uh, which denotes love, right, it's an indicating fact that, that that was born of what? Yeah. See, we oftentimes think of men as being the depositors into women, but guess what? Men... You have the same capacity to be deposited into. Now, whatever seed has been deposited into you, what will it produce? Will it be something that's born of the flesh or will it be something that's born of the spirit? And I'm at a place in my life and I'm saying, God, I want to be right. God, I need the spirit to be produced. I need the spirit to be on display. I need the spirit. To be seen, be visible in my life, God. You understand? So as we continue to dig into this particular series, Perspectives, it is a matter of perspective. So we understand that you have an opinion. You have a perception. But whose opinion and whose perception matters most is God's. It is God's. So what am I telling you? Get your opinions, get your perception, your perspectives to line up with the perspective, perception, and the opinions, the thoughts of God. Simply put, get in this word. Get in this word. Because somebody think it's okay to fornicate. No, he said flee fornication. It doesn't matter of perspective. Either you hold your perspective higher than the perspective of God, which has become an idol. See, that's a vain imagination that's trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. No, you must bring that subject in captive to Jesus Christ. Bring that under the obedience of Christ. No matter what you think, it don't matter what everybody else is doing. Doesn't matter what law the presidents pass. What did God say? Amen.